Welcome to the Lawyers Who Care podcast, which is a video show that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. On each episode, we're going to uh, meet a new lawyer or two, and they will share stories uh, of when they went above and beyond legal counsel for the benefit of their client. My name is Andrew Samelin. I'm the principal of Samelin Wealth, a nationally recognized wealth management firm for lawyers, law firms, and their clients. And I'd like to applaud the lawyers who care and learn from them. Today, my guest is John Strohmeyer, attorney. He is a trust and estates attorney from Strohmeyer Law in Houston, Texas. And I'd like to welcome you, John. Welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, Andrew. Awesome. Um, so, John, let's uh, let's start off uh, just at a 30,000 foot level. Tell me about you and tell us about your practice. Sure. Well, um, I am the proprietor of Strohmeyer Law, a T&E firm here in Houston, Texas. We guide our clients through the maze of tax, estate planning, and probate law so that they can leave no unfinished business. You know, years ago, what I realized was that, you know, clients don't want a pile of documents. They don't care if they get the will or a trust agreement or a singing bush that tells people what to do when they're gone. What they really care about is not leaving a mess behind. And so changing focus from here are some documents to this is how we're going to address the particular mess that your situation may leave for your family really helped refocus everything. And it just helps make it easier for both me, uh, staff, as well as my clients of knowing you don't want documents. You want not a mess. Right. Which turns it a little bit on its side. You know, it's one thing to get this uh, a, a six inch tall document set as opposed to, you know, being able to make sure that it's deployable and executable. Right. I mean, it, you know, it, it seems like every month or so new clients will come in and we'll get this, you know, literally three inch leatherette binder uh, with all the documents printed on heavyweight bond paper that the client hasn't opened in years. They haven't touched since their attorney handed it to them when they signed something, but it looks very fancy. I mean, it, it is as fancy as can be within budgetary constraints. And clients don't care about that. Like, it, I mean, it's it's fine. It's nice. But the clients don't care about a fancy binder to remind them. What they really cared about was, is this going to address the issues? And in many cases, that binder doesn't do what the clients really cared about. So how did you come to uh, a couple things? A, how did you come to your profession? And how did you come to your specialty? And how did you come to that? realization. So it all starts when I took a uh, non-traditional path to law school. Between college and law school, I spent four years working in management for the Four Seasons Hotel. And three of those years were spent as the night manager of the Austin property. So my job was to go in at 11 o'clock at night, Tuesday through Saturday. I was in charge. Ultimately, everything wound up on my desk as the night manager I learned a lot about what it takes to take care of people, how you deliver on service, what was different and what it took me a while to figure out is what, you know, I left Four Seasons, went to law school, got my LLM after law school, and then started practicing in trust and estates. The reason I picked trust and estates, it was the most like working at the hotel and I enjoyed taking care of people, you know, generally low conflict. What was hard to reconcile is everybody, you know, most people say, oh, service industry, that means restaurants and Disney and Four Seasons. 
and doctors and lawyers and accounts and CPA, you know, just on and on, everybody gets lumped together as part of service industry when it's really two different groups that have kind of vague jobs. And the realization came when, you know, doctors, lawyers, financial advisors, barbers, the guy who cuts your lawn, we're all brought in to move a needle for our clients. Whatever, you know, whatever that specific needle is, clients are coming in because they need help resolving something. They don't necessarily want to be involved in the solution. You know, they're they're paying us to do the work for them. Right. Versus Disney and restaurants and Four Seasons. When you go there, you're going there to enjoy your time with them. You want to take time away. You may enjoy spending the time with them, but you're really paying them for some combination of entertainment, pampering, and fun. And there, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of law firm I do. Clients aren't going to come to me for entertainment, pampering, or fun. You know, if they have a free Saturday and an unlimited budget, yeah. calling the lawyer or the doctor or, you know, maybe even the barber, it's just yeah. not even on the list for most people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting to say that I wouldn't say that, you know, uh, going to the Strohmeyer Law, I, I don't think anyone would confuse that. Uh, with going to Orlando or to a Four Seasons experience, although it, it sounds from your process that, you know, it, it is equal to or on par with a great client service experience. Right. And it, it's not to say anybody should confuse that. What I started pushing back against is we as professionals need to take, you know, we need to try and ape what Disney and Four Seasons are doing in terms of we need to have a great drink menu or our experience needs to be over the top. It, you know, it's all well and good to have a good experience, but let's make sure we kind of keep it proportional with why people are coming to us. You know, again, we want to make it easy for them. How can we make it easy for our clients to get through the process? And so tell, tell us about how, um, give us one great client story that uh, resonates uh, for you and that um, may not be that one-off, right? So I think what you're what you're saying it's not a one-off; it's an every time thing. How is right. it? But there might be a story that does stick out for you, right? And so the real thing was again making it easy for clients. How do we get them through the process easier? Uh, so I started this firm just over three years ago, and it was about three years ago that you know having worked in a few different firms, I was used to doing it one way, which is schedule a client for a new a new client meeting. They were going to bring them in. That meeting is going to take about two and a half or three hours. We're not going to charge for the meeting. And m- at least half that meeting is going to be me lecturing the client on, this is what an executor is. This is what a power of attorney is. The, these are the people you should pick. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes that meeting. It takes a long time. We're spending more time, you know, again, just me lecturing clients. And so I took this... I took what was ultimately the letter I send after the meeting where I explain everything in writing. I said, what if I sent that to them beforehand and call it homework and say, you know, dear, dear Pat, you're coming in. We're going to have this meeting. I'm going to give you 10 pages of reading. If you do that reading, this meeting will last about an hour and a half. If you don't do the meeting, it'll last guaranteed at least two and a half hours. And it's going to be mostly me lecturing. 
I'll have either version of this meeting, mm. but I bet you have a preference. And what I've seen is, you know, when we kind of phrase it that way, we, you know, take it somewhat seriously, but also, you know, calling it homework and giving the option for a longer meeting or a shorter meeting. It makes the process easier for everybody. You know, clients come in, I'm not kind of throwing information at them and then asking them to make decisions. I'm, here's the background you need to know. If you show up and you've done this work, we're going to have a better time. I'm going to ultimately take up less of your time and we're going to get you to your result faster. And so that decision three years ago, you know, we've iterated on the process. We've, we do more in terms of what we're sending and how we're sending it, but it's cutting time off of the client's whole experience with us. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they're not necessarily looking to spend, you know, you know, 75 hours with me so I can draft documents for them. They're looking to get a plan in place that avoids messes for their family later. And if I can help them get to that result faster, that's that's a win for us. And so, you know, starting from that initial client three years ago that we tried that on, we've just been building on it. And so it's little tweaks here and there mm. to get the clients moved along faster. What has the feedback been? It's generally been pretty good. Clients, you know, we, I can definitely see that when we schedule those initial strategy sessions, we put them on the, on the schedule for two hours. It is rare that they go beyond two hours. Mm-hmm. And the other part is clients know, you know, like they know what we're going in for. They've got, you know, we're educating them on the front end so that they come in and they're better informed. If they're better informed, they can make better decisions because they'll come in. Well, you know, we hadn't really thought about this, but we read your homework and we were, we aren't sure about this or that, or we are thinking about this. Can we get some more guidance on that instead of, oh, that's what that word means. I've never thought about that before. You know, just the, even if they've read over it once and haven't thought about it, the idea kind of bangs around in their head for a couple of days before the meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're hearing it for the second time. It, again, it just, we're not, the point of the engagement is not, you know, be in my presence for a number of hours. It's how do we move the needle for that client? So you turned it from a monologue into a dialogue. Um, right. And and moving it from monologue to dialogue and an interactive meeting, how do you find the client's stress level? Is it less stressful for them when there's this pre-work to be done? Is there a greater work product that ends up being better? Is there a better understanding, less understanding? What does that look like? Yeah, so the one thing I'd say is I took the monologue portion out of me having to deliver it extemporaneously, you know, live and in person and just reduced it to writing. And we've got videos on YouTube that go through a lot of it. So that kind of client education, I've offloaded from me having to do it. Mm. And yeah, it, it, I've seen it be so much better for clients because they're coming in. They know, you know, what do we need to be do to, to be ready for this. Again, framing it as the more prepared for this you are, the the shorter this meeting takes. And you know, I'll, I'll do my best to be entertaining, but after a couple hours, I'm just anybody's going to wear on you and you're just going to need a break. So, you know, occasionally I've I've had the I've had one meeting that scheduled for 2 hours and it ended up going 4 hours because mm-hmm. we just had a lot of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But almost all of them are 
two hour meetings where we're just getting everything, getting everything knocked out. And if there are a few questions after that, again, that's what we're, we're here to kind of line things out, but really it's how can we make it easy for clients to make their best decisions? Got it. So uh, as we come to the end of our uh, podcast today, Give us one takeaway that um, uh, your existing clients or prospective clients uh, would want to remember about, you know, John Strohmeyer and Strohmeyer Law, uh, either generally or relating to your practice or outside of the practice. Oh, yeah. Where, where do we even start? You know, we're, we're so, <laughs> you know, it, ha, bringing what I learned at Four Seasons, what we're doing is trying to make it as easy as possible. You know, clients are hiring us to move the needle on their planning. And this is true of all professionals. Like they're not hiring us, you know, hoping that we're going to give them some fancy gift or this or that or the other. You mean no really... set of uh, Ginsu knives at the end? Right. I mean, and like those are expensive risks. And, you know, clients generally, if they want a thing, they should, they're probably going to go buy it from you. You know, I don't want to be the the come on in, I'm going to sell you, you know, you sign up for your estate planning, I'll give you a set of AirPods or the Ginsu right. knives. Right. You know, if the client wanted the the AirPods or the Ginsu knives, mm -hmm. they probably would have just gone and bought them themselves. Mm -hmm. And what if a client otherwise wants to hire me, but I'm forcing them to spend $300 on AirPods or Ginsu knives they didn't want? Is that really the best decision for the client? Got it. That's a very helpful takeaway, and John, I'm sure your clients are very well taken care of, as will your prospective clients uh, uh, be as well. And I wanted to thank you for uh, joining us today, and I'd like to thank everyone who is watching today. Again, this is the Welcome, uh, the, the Lawyers Who Care podcast, which is a podcast that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients, and we look forward to the next one. Again, today, our guest was John Strohmeyer from Strohmeyer Law in Houston, Texas. We'd like to thank you for joining us today. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Pleasure.